0: This is Live Well Talk on hormone replacement therapy. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health, St. Luke's Hospital. Hormones are a part of life. They fluctuate from the first appearance at puberty and throughout life until women reach menopause. Joining us today is UnityPoint Clinic Family Medicine, Dr. Alicia Allen, to share information on hormone replacement therapy. Good morning. Good morning. What is hormone replacement therapy?
1: Hormone replacement therapy is the treatment options that we use for women as they have gone through menopause. There's a couple different options, um, depending if they have a uterus or not. So if a woman does not have a uterus, then we typically resort to estrogen only. If a woman still has her uterus, then we use a combination of estrogen and a progestin.
0: Okay. And what are the risks with this therapy, estrogen alone and progesterone with estrogen? Um, or are there, ris- there are obviously probably risk factors this replacement. What are they?
1: So whenever you're giving any woman estrogen, you have a risk factor for uh, a blood clot. And that's your biggest risk that you need to um, be aware of. So any woman who has a previous history of a blood clot or really even a stroke, um, then they would not be a good candidate for such therapy.
0: And how does that, how do you treat the therapy when a woman has dysfunctional uterine bleeding and they, then they, they, I know sometimes the OB-GYN docs, they'll say, well, we need to add progesterone, progestin or progesterone. Uh, how how do you make that determination? What's what's the relationship there?
1: So as long as a woman has her uterus, they have to have some form of progesterone because unopposed estrogen is a risk factor for endometrial cancer. So if they have their uterus, they have to have some form of progesterone to protect them from developing endometrial cancer.
0: Okay. What are the common indications for... Well, let let me rephrase that. Uh, other than menopause, w- when do you replace the hormones in them?
1: A... You really wouldn't. The only time for you know menopausal hormonal therapy would be menopause. If someone is having abnormal uterine bleeding, we use different forms of hormones for that. So we treat them with hormones. It's just different variations and kinds.
0: Okay. Still balancing the progesterone and uh, estrogen. What are some natural options uh, for uh, hormone replacement therapy? I see some of the whether it's advertisements, and I think there's a clinic maybe uh, in uh, down in Iowa City that has uh, offers hormone replacement therapy, natural hormone replacement therapy. What what what's that all about?
1: So that's a very complex question. Um, So there are what are called bioidentical hormones, and that's really estradiol. So that's the exact same chemical. Formulation that your body is making, and then there's, you know, different other forms of estrogen like your Premarin estrogens. You can get estradiol in um, compounded form or you can actually get it in prescription form from your provider. Okay. So um, I don't exactly know what some of those clinics are doing, which formulations, but you can get estradiol in oral form or actually patches that is FDA approved.
0: Okay. <laughs> and I know you, you mentioned in a previous podcast about menopause that. Uh it's a clinical diagnosis. There's no benefit to doing a blood test, see the estrogen level and try to influence that. Uh that's kind of become vogue with testosterone replacement therapy and you've probably seen that in your clinic. Uh or, well, your your thyroid stimulating hormone is uh is high normal, so therefore we need to bring it down to low normal uh for you know, a constellation of concerns that are probably unrelated to to that. Um so th- there's no indication for that, is there?
1: Not really. It's very tricky because of um, your sex hormone binding globulin, which really affects your ability to do blood draws for estradiol levels and progesterone levels. Um, you use progesterone levels sometimes with gestation. So they do that if a woman is pregnant or early pregnant or has pregnancy complications, but not really as much for menopause.
0: Okay. And the, you, you talk about the risk factors, uh, the, the risk of blood clots developing with estrogen. How does osteoporosis tie into uh, hormone replacement therapy?
1: We used to use estrogen for osteoporosis treatment, but anymore, the, there have been better and probably safer forms of just osteoporosis. So we don't use estrogen really as a first-line osteoporosis therapy anymore. Okay,
0: to stick with the bisphosphonates. Bisphosphonates are
1: your first-line agents.
0: Yeah. Speaking of bisphosphonates, when, when do you, you send them to the uh, infusion center to get the infusions versus taking it? How, does that, how, how do you make that decision in your practice?
1: Well, for me, I use your oral bisphosphonates as a first line. If sure. they're not tolerated or they're not working, then we kind of up the therapy to some of more of your injectables through the infusion centers.
0: Okay. So it's not uh, necessarily a degree of severity, but it's the intolerance to the orals first, and then you work up to that?
1: That's how I make my decisions.
0: Okay. I, I mean, I, I'm the medical director of the infusion center, so I, I do see those patients come in uh, one late, one uh, patient uh, is uh, spinal cord injury, so uh, it's difficult for her to sit upright, so obviously she can't take the bisphosphonate, and so right, we do that. So that's interesting. It's it all ties together. all comes back it to does. hormones, doesn't it? It does. Um, what are the other ways to manage uh, hormone levels, if any, uh, uh, in your clinical practice?
1: Are you meaning specifically non-pharmacological? Yeah. So, you know, I will counsel women. There's a lot of things that they can do from what we would traditionally call a behavioral Modifications. Um, one is they need to learn to dress in layers if they're having their hot flashes, um, minimize alcohol, minimize triggers, and weight loss is actually a very important thing to managing other symptoms with menopause. I, I often will tell people to exercise. Exercise itself, um, when I just looked that up in the research, is about 50 50 on does it help manage uh, hot flashes? But I think general wellness does. And if obviously you're losing weight with your exercise, that can be very helpful. Okay.
0: Well, sticking on the uh, the hormone theme, can you how how what, what's the difference between a birth control pill and estrogen replacement therapy?
1: Doses and formulations.
0: Okay. So it's it's so because I know birth control pills are a risk, particularly if they are a smoker for blood clots. I've seen that. Um, and so it, it's so birth control pills are higher formulations or uh, larger doses of estrogen. And...
1: Per se, yes.
0: And our birth control pills are though both progesterone and estrogen?
1: Correct. They're all, so it's an OCP, which is your typical, what you're talking about from a birth control, is oral combined pills. So that C word is combined. So it has an estrogen and a progestin.
0: See, I always thought it was oral contraceptive pill. So the C is combined. See, you learn something every day. I, and I, but I'll probably forget it by the end of the day. So um, I'll probably, if I ask you again, just smile and tell me, give me the answer again. How should a woman determine what is best for her when she's uh, considering the possibility of estrogen replacement therapy?
1: So she has to kind of look at her own individual risk factors. Obviously, we try not to use them in smokers, like you had mentioned. Anyone with a history of breast cancer, um, we don't. Um, And anyone with a clotting disorder, obviously, it's a contraindication. But if you're a 51-year-old female, perfectly healthy, you have no cardiovascular hit, Risk factors, you do not have a history of you know, gynecological malignancies and you're miserable, you'd be a good candidate and should have a discussion with your doctor.
0: And if, and if they choose to have it hormone replaced, how, how often do you see them? Uh, once a year, every six months? Is it something that.
1: When you're first starting, because there's different doses, I usually will see them about every three months um, because if you replace a woman with too much estrogen, um, you'll get symptoms from that too. So you want, you know, you want the least amount of medicine f- for the shortest duration of time to control their symptoms. So there is some um, titration, you would say, for the dosing.
0: And the, you mentioned the symptoms of estrogen replacement that a woman might experience. What are some warning signs that she should call your clinic?
1: Well, if it's too high, um, you would obviously want to counsel them on the risk factors of a blood clot, such as leg swelling, shortness of breath. Those would be immediate concerns. Um, other concerns that are not an immediate or urgent um, problem would be they'll get bloating, breast tenderness, a really abnormal bleeding that can happen too if they have an intact uterus.
0: So they could actually have a menstrual cycle after yeah. they haven't had one. And for that a while.
1: would be pretty typical that we would counsel them and we wouldn't worry that much the first time or if it's a little bit, but if it keeps happening or is heavier. And- clotting, then we would want to know about that. Okay. And obviously, they would be getting a progesterone in addition to the estrogen if they have an intact uterus. So you're really looking at titrating two different hormones to get the right balance for them.
0: When uh, the patient presents with the the bleeding uh, with estrogen, do you ever image the uterus to look for endometrial disease, or is it more of a clinical diagnosis? It depends. Okay.
1: Um, That's actually complex. If they are just started on hormone replacement therapy, we would expect some bleeding. If they've been on hormone replacement therapy for some time and, it and now they're bleeding and there's a change, that's when you would um, kind of image more.
0: And what is the relationship between, you would mentioned breast cancer and estrogen. So estrogen replacement puts you at risk for?
1: So the large studies actually do not show that in a 50-year-old, 51-year-old, young 50-year-old female. Um, there really is not a clinically significant risk of breast cancer. But if you are a female who has, you know, at risk for a BRCA1 or has strong family history or a personal history, that's where you need to be concerned. Because if she's a personal history and it's an estrogen-receptive positive breast cancer, we're not going to then give her estrogen.
0: Well, you brought up the BRCA, the the genetic syndromes associated with breast cancer. In your practice, uh, when do, do you screen people for that?
1: I do not. Um, they get screened um, they fill out a genetic risk factor at their mammogram. So you, that starts at the breast and bone imaging at age 40. Um, often if a woman truly has um, many family members who've had breast okay. cancer, then I would send them for a genetic consultation if they're younger than 40. And it, it appears that they need to have a full-fledged workup for okay. that.
0: All right. That's, uh, sorry to surprise you with that question, That's but okay. I've, I've always wondered how that happens. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to, words of wisdom that you've picked up in your clinical experience regarding hormone replacement therapy?
1: You know, it's kind of a scary topic for women. There's a lot of bad press. There's a lot of unknowns about it. So I would just say that my recommendation was um, evaluate yourself, evaluate your symptoms, and have an honest conversation with your provider.
0: And don't, don't just Google uh, yes. symptoms and replacement. Actually uh, stick to uh, certified or accredited uh, sources of information. That's always good advice. Well, Dr. Allen, thank you for joining us today. It's, this is great information. I, once again, I've learned something that I didn't know when we, before we started the podcast. Again, that is Dr. Alicia Allen, a physician with Union Point Clinic Family Medicine. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.